But but at that point in time, Blake Lively has already told her the story about having a threesome with that person, anyways. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how threesomes work, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I feel like once you invite somebody else into your bedroom, <laughs> like, you're like the I'll draw rule, you a diagram after the the, podcast. the the rules are off, right? Like I <laughs> <Yeah>. feel like. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 515 with a review of A Simple Favor. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And for joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, uh, we're going to have a few reviews for you. Um, we're going to have this review of A Simple Favor. We're going to have a little review of The House with a Clock in Its Walls. And uh, then we'll also have a review of the newest Netflix original film, Next Gen. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're we're covering some kids things, some maybe not kid things that have adults in them. Um, Yeah, and this is partly half an apology because some of us have been gone recently (laughs) and we haven't had as many episodes as usual. Some of us may be gone again in the future. (laughs) Very shortly. And we also won't have as many as usual, so... Trying to load up while we can. Yeah. We almost covered Mandy, too, but I, I, I couldn't squeeze it in. I'm sorry, yeah, everyone. Yeah. And uh, unlike the other times where you couldn't squeeze something in, I actually didn't squeeze Mandy in either. So, um, I thought was- you were doing like a, a sexual <laughs> thing. I didn't know where you were going there. Uh, no, no, it wasn't a sexual thing. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here. We're going to be pulling out these episodes. It's been a rough night so far. Lots of technical difficulties. Yeah. Um, I have honest, honestly no idea how this episode will come. Like, we're literally recording this with the emergency setup that uh, hopefully pulls an episode out of this. We'll see what happens. I could be talking to no one right now, or I guess... We're actually recording from the security cameras in the office now, so I, <laughs> I hope the audio is good. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're just going to jump in. Uh, you might say we might dive in, debate, and argue. Um, but uh, here we are. We're going to talk about A Simple Favor. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for that film, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. A few weeks ago, I met Emily, this wonderful, elegant person. Our sons brought us together, actually. Come here, little dude. Can me and Miles have a play date today? Your drink? Does your kid drink? Maybe? I mean, it's never too early to start teaching. I think you're joking, but great. Every time we do this, I feel so high tone. <laughs> Wanna trade confessions? No, no. Come on. What's the wildest thing you've ever done? She is an enigma, my wife. You can get close to her. You can never quite reach her. She's like a beautiful ghost. Did you just take my picture? Erase it. I guess I'm probably not the kind of person you're normally friends with. Oh, you do not want to be friends with me. Trust me. Stephanie, I need your help. Uh, are you okay? I'm fine, but I, I do need just a, a simple favor. Can you come over? Yeah. Five days ago, Emily went missing. I'll warn you. You go poking around in her past, you're gonna find something that is terrifying. She was not a normal person like you or me. I've never seen such a beautiful girl want to be so invisible. I smell her, Sean. I smell her perfume like a ghost. It's just you being paranoid. I saw my mom. 
She told me to say hi to Stephanie. Were you aware that he took out an extra $4 million life insurance policy on Emily before she disappeared? People do terrible things for their own reasons. They thought you knew more than you were letting on. All right, so that was the trailer for A Simple Favor. Um, it is the story of, uh, you know, this like overachieving single mother um, who uh, meets this really, really strong, powerful sort of like uh, alpha female woman uh, that is the parent of a child at her child's school and they kind of form up a friendship that woman asks her to uh, come to the house and pick up the, or pick up the kid and take him home and she'll be home later doesn't show up home and now she's just missing and uh, everybody's trying to figure out what happened to the woman uh, and uh, yeah things sort of like spiral out of control from there Stephen Miller um, what did you think of this film um so here's the thing I'm going to say first, a blanket statement about all three movies we're reviewing this week. I think this holds true for all of them. They were all surprisingly funny, kind of felt like they should have come out in a different year, and they all suffered from pacing issues, which sometimes bothered me more than other times. This movie, I think, it has so much going for it, and the <laughs> pacing, I just think, is very, very, very strange. Um, so the good... I think Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively are both, like, awesome, awesome, awesome here. This is, like, their movie, and they're, like, totally chewing scenery. They're clearly having a shit ton of fun playing off each other, being these two very, very different characters, you know? Anna Kendrick is kind of steering into her typical thing as being, like, the... Ever since, like, Rocket Science or whatever the first movie I saw her in is, she always likes to play this kind of uptight, like, type A personality character who is very organized and tries to get things done. And here she... She starts that way so she can break loose from it, right? It kind of reminds me of Melissa McCarthy from Spy, where she starts one way so she can, like, end in a totally different place. Um, And Blake Lively, like, I don't know if I've seen her be this entertaining in a long time. Like, She's amazing in this movie. She is having a great time with this role. Um, Yeah, I I was very surprised by her. And even Henry Golding, who, like, we both shit on (laughs) in Crazy Rich Asians, or at least I I believe I said he was as exciting as, like, a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Um, he proved that he can at least make his character fit in a universe here. Like, he's still playing the kind of, like, aloof, romantic, too-good-to-be-true guy. But here yeah. I feel like he steers into it in a way that is, like, good. And he shows, like, a sense of humor. And he knows how to, like, make fun of his own character. And it, definitely the, the acting here is great. And even the second I was, like, it was really fun seeing Aparna Nancharla here. I don't think I've ever seen her in a movie before. Uh, Andrew Ranellis from, uh, I, don't, I don't even remember what he's from, The Book of Mormon and stuff. Like, th- there's a lot of fun people here. And it, it's good. Um, and like Ocean's 8, I want to say a thing that I never thought I would say, which I think, like, the fashion and wardrobe in this movie is, like, maybe one of the best things about it. Like, <laughs> Blake Lively is obviously the MVP from that department, wearing, like, the, the Dennis Nylon clothes, right? Being Mrs., like, hip chic and whatever her character is. But Anna Kendrick also, like, she's fun. Like, it's, like, bright colors, and it's kind of... 
I don't know. It, it was entertaining yeah. just to watch these characters interact. And, it, like, it's funny that you compare those two things because I was talking to somebody about it, and at one point I referred to Blake Lively as wearing the outfit that Kate Blanchett exactly. would have worn in yeah. <laughs> in Ocean's Eight. Yeah, she she is the most Kate Blanchett of anyone in any of the movies we reviewed this weekend, even though Kate Blanchett's in one of the movies. Um, <laughs> so here's the bad. I think, like I said, the pacing more than any other movie. I think we're going to talk about tonight. The pacing of this, something just didn't feel right for me. Like, I never really felt the mystery angle. Reveals kind of seemed like... So I was talking about American Vandal Season 2 with you earlier uh, tonight. And I mentioned that there were a couple reveals in that movie that, like, it felt off or in that show. It felt off because, like, it seemed like the audience was already one step ahead or the characters should have been one step ahead and things were played as like reveal beats when you're like, but you already know, you already have, you know. And and this has a bunch of that where it seems like a bunch of times Anna Kendrick is discovering something when the audience has already known it for like 20 minutes or since the trailer, you know. Or even weird, more weirdly, like she's discovering a thing when she's already known it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and And the movie is kind of doing a comic noir thing where like you're a little bit like you never know what's inside the character's head so there's like <clears throat> there's some times where anna kendrick maybe like knows more than she's letting on but there's just I, I don't know a lot of the movie like i'm following her uncover a mystery and i don't know where she's coming from and so i can't feel the suspense that she's feeling or the thrill but it also doesn't veer into the other extreme where it's like a funny send-up of the genre or anything it's like but it but, skirts this middle ground to me where i didn't quite know like how i'm supposed to relate to the story that's happening. I, I think for me, I, I think that it's not that she is having revealed to her things that she already knows. It's that she knows a thing, but it's not the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like a good detective, she can't just go in and like play all her cards yeah. without knowing like where the game is going. Yeah, yeah. She has to sort of like put together the, she, she needs like the whole truth to be able to go in and like mm-hmm. do whatever she's going to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the, like the, the most glaring example I can do without going into spoilers is there, there's a moment where like, Something absolutely irrefutable happens to her. She's told to take two Xanax. I think I know where her brain is at. And then like five to ten minutes later, there's a much less interesting reveal that seems like it's flooring her as if like she didn't know the first one. Like, yeah. I, like, like just some of those things I didn't quite get. And for me, I think it's just like, I, I, I feel like Paul Feig or Feig, I don't, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I, I feel like he... He knows how to direct funny women, definitely. Like, I think he's shown that with plenty of movies here. I don't know that he's shown that he knows how to direct, like, a compelling, straightforward movie with serious beats. Like, I think Spy came closest, but Spy was, like, so giddily funny all the time, right? It was, like, just throwing humor at your face. Um, And this one, I feel like he can't decide what genre he wants to be. Like, is it... Is this a mystery with comic elements or a comedy with, like, mystery elements? That, that sounds semantic, and I don't care what it is, but, like, I never knew how to feel when I was watching it because it wasn't, like, laugh-out-loud funny all the time or anything, but it also wasn't, like, if I were watching it as a serious movie, I'd be like, I know everywhere this is going, you know? And, and there's just yeah. something kind of weird about that. So, I don't know. I I, I had fun. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I think the main characters sell it 100%. Like, they are the reason to watch this movie, but... I feel like the filmmaking kind of just fall a little flat for me. Like by the end, I was like, "Okay, that that was fun. I loved watching people play in that sandbox." But like, yeah, why? Like, what feelings were supposed to happen? Because I I just didn't quite know. 
Yeah. So, so this this is this is an airplane novel movie, right? Yeah. Or, or, or airplane novel, air, air, airport novel uh, movie. This is this is like a thing that like this piece of trash that you just pick up and ride while you're waiting to hop on a flight so that you can miss three episodes of the podcast. Yeah, like uh, like, like what you call it, the girl from the train. What what was that? Yeah, yeah, the girl on the train, Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. Yeah, it's like that's that sort of thing. Um, I think if any other actresses were in this film, this movie would be god awful. Mm-hmm. It would be absolutely terrible. Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively are so freaking amazing in this film that it like I love this movie. <laughs> like I, I knew this was what was going to happen. <laughs> like just watch. I was like, this is like the greatest movie that's been ever ever been made. <laughs> Obviously, I'm being facetious. Um, I, I, I don't like the plot. Where the plot? Okay, first of all, halfway maybe we can do like a little mini spoiler. Mm. Halfway through. The film, I thought the I thought the story was gonna be one thing, and I was like, "Oh my god! If this is what I if this is like what I'm seeing right now unfolding, this is like the most strange and compelling story that I've ever seen before." Like it was really really interesting. Um, it, uh, it it reminded me a lot of uh, their not not of the film The Brothers Bloom, but uh, in in the movie The Brothers Bloom, there's this line the characters keep saying that the perfect con is the one where everybody involved gets exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's sort of what this film was. Like it was, um, we, we can get into it in a little bit. Like, but it, it, it seemed like a thing where like a bunch of characters wanting one thing and deciding, yeah, oh, like not like strangers on a train style, but like sort of just everybody can fix all the things that they think is wrong with their life in one convenient fell swoop. And it takes a really weird, sinister, semi-perverted mind to put that thing into motion. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of turns into its own thing where it wants to be all twisty and turny. And that sort of like took it back a little bit for me because like I was like, this is like really interesting. If like if people in real life did what I think is happening right now, that would like that's just a very interesting thing that this film is doing. So it didn't turn out to be that. And that sort of let me down. But I think the 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 everybody involved in this film is having so much fun with it. And they're they're playing to the perfect role that they can be. And just watching that unfold and like watching Anna Kendrick do her thing, watching Blake Lively do, do her thing, it just the, just the dynamics between those two characters, it's more than just like a buddy cop type of relationship. It's like these two people who are the exact opposite of each other who see something interesting in each other that is almost like a way they wish they could be. And just seeing them interact with each other, it, 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 just, it, was, it was so fun and so enjoyable. And I, you know, like as it twists and turns and does its things, I, I was like, okay, cool, fun, little golf clap, whatever. That's fun. You're doing your whatever you're going to do. That never excited me, but I never got bored watching the characters do their thing, and I never got bored watching people react to what's happening in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I had so much fun with this. And uh, last week um, we had a review of the Predator, but I saw I saw four things that week, and like a simple favor was like my favorite thing that I saw that weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I I hear you. I hear you. I just I guess what I'm wondering is like. Do you feel because you mentioned if it was any other actresses, you think this would not be a good movie? So like, <laughs> no, it would not. Do you feel like it hit the right tone, or you just didn't care because like it was just an excuse to watch them? So you didn't because I, I just like I felt like I didn't know if I was supposed to be laughing or not most of the time. It like it had that kind of cheap is the wrong word, but it had that look of like it isn't trying to be like 
real movie movie. Like it had a comic look, you know, but then it like didn't feel that funny most of the time. Like it, it it's I, a, I was confused by it. It looked like a bizarro Stepford Wivesy sort of thing where it's like these characters aren't humans. Mm-hmm. They're something else. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it, it, I don't know. It, it worked for me so well. Um, and I, like, I just had fun with it. Like, I, I, it, it is weird because, like, I've seen advertisements, uh, like, little, little, little banners on, like, the Alamo Drafthouse uh, website that are like, this is Gone Girl meets whatever. And I really hate that it's being described as that, mm-hmm. um, partially because, like, w- what's going on in the story. It's like you watch the trailer and you're like, yeah, that's Gone Girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, a, it's like an annoying. And, like, it doesn't, it doesn't fare well in comparison to Gone Girl, right? Oh, not at all. Like, it felt. Uh, they both have a lead character from The Accountant, a mysterious blonde, and a comic actor known for theatrical things. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like I I just think it's 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 not highbrow, but it also doesn't think it's that clever. I don't mm-hmm. think it's really just having fun and. Uh, I think it, Airplane Book is the right example. Like it it plays to me like a like sort of like a Fifty Shades of Grey type thing, you know? Like, it plays like a thing where they're saying, hey, it's like the Diet Coke commercial that Gillian Jacobs is in. It's like, hey, (laughs) you just want to, sometimes you just want to watch this movie. Just watch this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But but it's funny, too, because, like, it knows it's trashy, but not even, like, the super club, like, it's it's not even, like, trashy in the seductive trashy way. It's just trashy in, for trash. Like, the point, when you get to the backstory of Anna Kendrick's character, mm-hmm. it's so fucking ridiculous. I forgot about that already. <laughs> you forgot about How did you forget about that? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, you're, because that's a, that's a good example of the movie. Like, it is definitely going somewhere. Like, it. It's going places for fun. Like, it's enjoying the trashiness of it. Like Yeah, yeah. I, I would say even, like, the somewhat backstory of Blake Lively as we learn it and some like flashback scenes we see with naked people in water and stuff like it's for sure like having fun with just being like all right this is like this is elevated trash but it it isn't it doesn't play it like trash either though it totally plays it like it plays it neutral it plays it so weirdly to me but but it's not even elevated trash it's just stylized trash which is and it's not even that stylized So here, here's the other thing, too. Here, here's one of the things that I really, really liked um, because I'm a fucking sucker. <laughs> uh, we were both huge fans of eighth grade. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and there's this sort of eighth grade element to the film, right, where it's like Anna Kendrick's character has this like mm-hmm. mommy blog uh, where she's teaching people how to be like super mommies or whatever. Yeah. So she is talking and, and like she is this. She's this mousy character who's not like super confident, but she's like trying to be confident on the show that she does. And like she knows that the other parents at the school don't think she's a super awesome mommy, but she like speaks with this authority and this earnestness on her little mommy blog to try to teach other people to be good. And there's just these really, really fun moments of her just being like, so my friend's still missing, guys. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, it, yeah. I, I don't know. There, there was just some. There's, didn't, didn't you feel like. Compared to searching, though, their attempts to make, like, the video be glitchy and stuff were, like, not that convincing. Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, obviously, like, what website was she using? Why would it not just be a YouTube page? (laughs) There was a bunch of silly things in there like that. But, but, I mean, it's just one of the things where, like, I didn't care at that point. Yeah. Um, Also, yeah, 
that that is a pov shot of watching the pages it's not mm-hmm. just it's not just you the audience watching it sure um but yeah i, I don't know i i just i i think it's funny uh she gets great moments where like the <laughs> when the one guy's bringing the brownies to this to this to uh-huh. the thing and yeah. she's like is that my recipe yeah they're just they're just moments that fulfill like character needs and beats in a way that like the story just is blah but mm-hmm. like the characters earn every moment they're on screen and everything they do and um i just had an amazing time with it i i hear you, i hear you. i just couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't get past the like I, I don't think this is a very, like, well-put-together movie. Like, I don't think the script is very well done. Like, I think the order that things are presented... Like, even the, there's a framing device in how this movie starts that I think doesn't have to be there and just, like, hampers the general enjoyment of reveals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's also just, like, basic stuff that I don't normally notice, right? Like, like with the Predator review, Carson was talking about the scene that Shane Black cut out and how it made it so there's this weird like scene at a park bench where there was a wide shot where there are two people, then there's a close-up where it's just like, whoa, what happened? Yeah. This had a few of those where there were moments where I was like, what did they just cut around? Like, because something really weird just happened. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I, I hear you. I hear you. They're fun. I liked almost all the characters, too. Like, I liked Dennis Nylon, Nylon uh, Rupert Friend from Death of Stalin. I thought he was a fun, like, sleazeball character, even though he's not on screen very much. He and Anna Kendrick get some good, like, insults back and forth at each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. I just, I don't understand why I couldn't have, like, cranked a couple dials a bit more and, like, because those actors are going to be great no matter what. Like, you could yeah. throw them into a slightly better story or pull the spy thing where you're making fun of the story and you're kind of not, not doing either. That middle ground is just a little awkward to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, oh yeah, um, I was, I was trying to remember even what I wanted to say in spoilers. Uh, well, uh, should we get to verdicts and then have a little mini spoiler segment at the end? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must see, a reckoned with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it? Chris, I don't want to make you sad. <laughs> I've been, I've been debating this. I, I looked up, I gave Ocean's 8 a recommend with a caveat. I don't think this is as well put together as Ocean's 8. What? I don't, th- I don't think it is. I don't think it actually plays like the beats the way that Ocean's 8 does. Do I, it's like either a weak recommend or a strong rental. Like, I don't know which. I, I'll, fuck it. We'll have a disagreement. I'll put rental. I think it's a strong rental. That's fine. No, like like I said, I love this film. I, I love the experience of watching it. I don't think it's necessarily an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is entertaining, and I feel like people would like it. Um, I I'll, I'll give it a record with a caveat. The caveat being that like I acknowledge the film's not perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably not even great, but it's just it's so fun to watch. And I think that like it's it's a good date movie. Um, mm-hmm. I I think it's entertaining. Um, I yeah I I had fun with it, so I'm gonna give it a record with a caveat. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's going to do it for the beginning part of this episode. We're going to close things out, and then we're, we're going to have a little mini spoiler segment. Um, but for now, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. 
People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. Um, if you want to the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash warning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to A Simple Favor, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, that music's playing now. It is going to fade up, and when that music fades back away, we're going to be in full-blown spoilers for this film, so um, be prepared for that. Go see the movie before you hear it. <laughs> yep. So we are back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review of A Simple Favor. We're going to be talking full-blown spoilers for this film, so watch out. Um, So, as I was alluding to earlier in the episode, Stephen, um, there was one thing that I thought this film was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, It turns out the film did not do that. But when I was, like, thinking through it in the middle of the film, I was like, holy shit, this is, like, super interesting and weird. Like, in my head, so we have Anna Kendrick. She is a widowed mother of one. She is, like, a super mom. She really, really loves, like, reading and doing her blog and stuff like that. Blake Lively is this powerful woman who's sort of just like, I'm fine being alone and drinking. Mm -hmm. I have this husband who I married because he was, like, a famous author and was going to be super awesome for all of time. But he sucks now and can't write anymore. And we're not really in love anymore. And I'm bored of this shit. And Anna Kendrick comes along, who is, like... Also, Blake Lively thinks that she's failing as a mother because she's just she's not good at parenting. Yeah. And she's just like, it's not like a totally thing where she's scared she's a bad mother. Right. She's just like, I am a bad mother. I own that. I'd rather drink martinis and blah, 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 blah. So there's sort of this relationship forming where she's like, huh, this woman is super mom. She could totally also take care of my son. She loves this book my husband read. He's into like random girls. Like, I could sort of just leave right and it wouldn't hurt anybody my child would be in good hands my husband would get over me fast Mm -hmm. because he's whatever he wouldn't feel the pressure to write books anymore like it was this weird thing where like it almost felt like blake lively wanted anna kendrick to hook up with her husband yeah and wanted her to become the new mom of the family and i was like this is like really weird like it's it's like Stranger Than a Train if just one of the people had the conversation with themselves. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I thought, too. I, I definitely thought it was going to go in a place where it's like Anna Kendrick realizes that she also wants this and Blake Lively wants this. So they all just collectively make the lie work yeah, and that's yeah. the end of the movie. And that's the thing, too, is, yeah, they could have all figured out what they were all doing yeah. and then just been OK with it. Mm-hmm. Um And then, like, it starts to be a thing where, like, oh, she's pissed that Anna Kendrick's appearing there and, like, doing all this stuff. And I was like, oh, well, this is, like, a different movie that I didn't think. And I would have been – you could have even done both. You could have had it where, like, she thought she'd be okay with it and now she's not. Uh Um, But, it like, it sort of becomes its own thing where it's like, like, okay, I went away so that my husband would get this insurance money. And then, like, this weird thing with my sister and I had to murder her. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there there could have been a not not to be spoilery about other movies, but – a one I love esque moment. I'm not gonna say what it would be even, but where like characters tacitly acknowledge that they're cool with the situation. Yeah. It it it, it just it it was kind it, 
I was just really compelled by this idea that somebody would be like, I want to escape my marriage and my family, but I would never do that to them. But it seems okay to do it into the context. Like it just, it felt like a mature is not like the wrong word, but it felt like a weird sort of like we all scratch each other's backs. Yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. And I was really compelled by this idea of that being the case. Um, I was wrong. That was not the case, but it still didn't like pull me out too much, but it was, it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I hear you. I think it would have been more interesting if it went that way. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But, but it's fine. My main criticism of this movie isn't that it's not interesting. It's just that the it felt like tonally strange and not put together. And like, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I was on for the ride. I was just having fun watching the actors enjoy the script. So, um, so I think for me, the the one time that the plot veered from just being weird to being a thing that I just didn't understand the characters' motivations is Anna Kendrick has discovered. That Blake Lively is still alive. Yeah, definitively. Like, yeah, definitively. Absolutely. Yeah. She gets the brother fucker photo. She gets like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but a phone call. so she knows. Then she finds out something that makes her think that the husband is in on it. Mm-hmm. Um and at that point in time, she just goes and gets back in bed with him. Yeah. And it's not even like a hey, I'm a little worked up because an ex happened, I'm gonna go stay with my mother for it. it there's no like I get that she's, she can't let on that she thinks she's onto him, mm-hmm. but she just like walks right into the hornet's nest or whatever, yeah. the lion's den, whatever the colloquialism is. Yep. And it's just like, she, like, you think this is a murderer. Right. <laughs> like, you're just going to hop into bed with him again, like, without considering the ramifications of that. Like, there, there's not even a moment where she's like, I should run. Like, she's not going to talk to herself in the mirror or whatever. Yeah. But, but she's her, never her afraid of Henry might. Golding ever. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it feels like she should be scared of him. Yeah. And there's information there to be scared. Um, but. Yeah, I just felt it felt kind of yeah. It felt weird that she would. It, it's almost like there was more that happened there, or like somebody was carrying a bunch of little tapes with one minute segments of the film and then dropped them all mm-hmm. and then put them back in the wrong order. No, well, <laughs> like, that, yeah, that's what I what I feel like happened. Like it feels like a thing where they had a movie where reveals happen in one order, and then for some reason they had to like scramble it. Like I, like, I don't know why t- time wise they couldn't make it work out, but they really wanted that seen anyway to happen and so they just moved it forward a little bit more it was yeah it was really strange or like i i found it weird that when she discovers the photo of blake lively or it's not actually blake lively but the, you know the faith photo yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the faith photo and the person looks like troubled in the photo it does not look like a glamour shot or anything yeah yeah it, it, she doesn't, it looks like a mug shot yeah and she doesn't ever comment on that fact at all it's just like oh this is her i'm gonna post pictures yeah, off of her. That you know, was, that was it's kind of weird she's like what is this what is this murder note that i found uh-huh. i'm gonna use this as the have you seen my friend photo yeah 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 I don't know, a little little bits like that were just kind of odd i also there's this thing that movies do and i get like an airplane movie especially would do this but like an airplane book turned into a movie excuse me um where, I'm surprised this wasn't an airplane movie yeah, for you. <laughs> in, in order to signify that we aren't supposed to want you to be romantically involved with a guy, we need to show that he might be cheating with other people. Oh, yeah, and, like yeah. they, they, they insist on showing this. It never leaves anywhere. Like the relationship with Henry Golding and his uh, grad student or whatever never like but bears I, out. It's just like there for us to be like, oh, we now give permission for them not to get together anymore. But, but at that point in time, Blake Lively has already told her the story about having a threesome with that person anyways. Yeah. So 
I don't I don't know how threesomes work, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I feel like once you invite somebody else into your bedroom, <laughs> like, you're like the I'll draw rule, you a diagram after the the, the the rules are off, right? Like I <laughs> yeah. feel like yeah, sure. I I think like, what she would be upset with is not the fact of the threesome, but yeah. the fact that he lies about it to her. Yeah, no, I know. No, I just I just mean that like if they were fucking before she supposedly died, after she died. <laughs> Like, with, mm-hmm. it sounds horrible, but I mean, in the context of those characters, like it, it, it just it just seems like she wouldn't have cared. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It, it seems like Anna Kendrick shouldn't have thought that was so controversial, given the context of knowing what those two characters' relationships was to each other. Yep, I, but, I hear you. <laughs> I also just have to say the pacing wise, the. The speed at which this movie changes from like a personal shopper, I'm going to try on your clothes type of moment where it all feels like not great, right? It feels like awkward and a little eerie that you're doing this to like montage of dancing around, getting rid of clothes because you're moving in. It just feels so time compressed. Like I'm not saying the movie should have been longer, but they're... Yeah, yeah. it's the, like pretty quickly when he's like... are kind of like, oh, okay, so we're not going to see her character like adapt we're just gonna like take for granted that this happened yeah but i mean they do establish that she's like she just like from the moment she walks in the house she's like oh your house is crazy why would Mm -hmm. you want to sell it i would love to live here it's immediately like a thing where she wants to be in her shoes uh, literally um but come on when she walks in and everything's put back that that was pretty good sure it's creepy (laughs) it's creepy but it shouldn't be creepy to her because doesn't she already like have really good reason to think that Blake Lively is alive at that point. So I, I think I think at that point she had, uh, she knows that the children think she's alive, but she thinks the children are just dealing with the grief in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that moment in time, when she walks back in and she's like, "These clothes didn't put themselves back themselves." <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> uh, let's see. Any any last things to say about the film? trying to think of another a compliment to end to end it on because <laughs> I, I i had fun like anna kendrick i i get that blake lively will get most of the attention for this probably but i think anna kendrick like steers into this and to to paint it as her just doing her usual usual shtick like wouldn't be giving credit to how much she's doing here like i feel like yeah. she, she definitely gets into this character in a way that's very fun and sassy yeah yeah but uh, yeah it's it's it's, it's so uh, She's so funny too, like just little like throwaway gags too, where it's like she's writing her name for all the volunteer things on the wall, yeah. and then she's like, "Oh, I can't do all of them. I'll just skip. Like, I'll still do eight of the ten, but mm-hmm. I can't. I'll leave two of them blank." Like, I don't know. I just, yep. I thought it was fun. So soon. I, I know she's on the list. So <laughs> reference to her appearance on the Daily Show last week. Cool. You should watch it. All right. But yeah, people should watch this movie too. Mm. <laughs> All right, when well, they rent it later. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think uh, for now, it's time for us to take off. Um, we have some more films to review, so hopefully you guys enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. If you're stuck with us this far, um, hopefully you enjoyed it too. If you didn't stick this far, but you can't hear me speaking right now, um, so we're gonna go take off and do those other reviews. Have a good one.